UPS. Powered by Seth. Welcome to the weekly review on RPS, the radio show where two jaded, worried, paranoid grown men and a gifted, hopeful, positive young mind discuss some of the hottest and most relevant issues in pop culture. Recording from our studio in Barcelona, I am joined by Ben Cardiou III. Hello. Marvai Verdu. Hi. And behind the controls we have Andre Vladignat, a.k.a. Andre 3000. This week we ask ourselves, is pop a safe space? We'll be reviewing some examples of chart-dominating pop stars who have ended up in therapy, experienced peril within the industry, have struggled with mental health, or have met untimely demises. But it won't all be tragic and dark. We'll also be talking about Ariana Grande's new and sexually charged new album, Positions. (laughs) The historical women who pioneered electronic music, among other examples of hope and certain prosperity. Let's get into it. I think I'm crazy The way I've been craving If I put it quite plainly Just give me the babies So what you doing tonight Better stay doing you right Wonderful. Ariana Grande's new album. She had my curiosity. She now has my full attention with this new album, which we are going to start off reviewing today. Mar, you're the biggest Ariana Grande fan I think I've ever known. Wow. Ben, you, 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 you. I like Ariana, yeah. Were you on board when? By what point? Um, By, I think it was basically just sort of before Thank You Next. That, that, that kind of no tears left to cry. I really, really like that song. That was when I sort of very, very much came on board. That was an absolute banger. I thought that was one of the best pop singles uh, of the year. And I've sort of followed her next. It's very weird. Like I go up and down. Like like Seven Rings, which was a really big song. I didn't like at all. Yeah. Um, and it, it sort of seems like I, for me, uh, I can't quite get the consistency. You know, like I absolutely love certain songs and other other songs I'm not so keen on. You know, even the really big hits. Well, that's what happened to me. But was didn't Pitchfork vote "Thank You Next" like album of the year or the third best album of its year? I I think it was pretty high. It was up, in yeah. it was really it was in a really high up spot, which marked a change in the paradigm, as Kanye likes to hear, <laughs> uh, where all of a sudden this kind of um, chart topping pop was starting to be critically considered you know uh, positively by you know the the, the beard stroking uh, music <laughs> critics right uh, but mar i think you're the, you're going to be the expert on all things ariana grande before we review the album why is she so amazingly interesting and and worth following compared to other pop artists i don't know i i think the interesting part is you cannot say one thing it's just she's so charismatic and she seems like this sweet, angelic-like um, girl, woman. But then she has this kind of not dark side, but she has dark humor and is like curses a lot. And in her interviews, you can see her personality, which which doesn't really match her angelic-like um, persona that she puts out on on Instagram. And it's, I don't know, I think she, it's really interesting. Everything she does, you want to know. You want to know who she's dating. You want to know what she's wearing. You want to know what she's thinking. I, I don't know. She's just like that. So is, charismatic. Is it true that she is the most followed woman on Instagram? Um, I thought it was Kylie Jenner, but maybe, yeah. or Selena Gomez. Uh, but maybe Ariana has... 
surpassed yeah, or, or surpassed, depending yeah. on the promotional because I always thought Kim Kardashian was the absolute or one of the Kardashians mm. would be one of the most followed you know because they buy followers none of them are real <laughs> I'm kidding they are followed but um, but yeah I mean uh, it's interesting and one thing I realized she's obviously very hard working uh, mm -hmm. uh, even though it took her about three years to release her debut album in these last three years she's released three consecutive albums that as I say have been very well received by the critics by the music critics as well as the public her fans and everything and uh, obviously she's made a lot of headline news because she's overcome two very important tragic events one was the manchester uh, terrorist attack when at the at her at the concert where she was performing at the manchester arena uh, and the other was the, the the death of her boyfriend at the time mac miller well no he was her ex-boyfriend yeah. no so that's that, that messed And then there's the whole Pete Davidson from Saturday Night Live, who I absolutely adore, who, you know, we're always kind of worried that he's going to mm -hmm, do something rash uh, someday, you know, because he talks about his mental health uh, openly. It's part of his act. And we know he's a delicate and fragile human being. So it's like, damn it. it, it um, I fear for all the boyfriends of Ariana Grande or ex-boyfriends. She see, has this effect. This is a very interesting point about this album because uh, I, somebody said in, in talking about it that basically she released Sweet Now, which is a big album that, that came out not all that long after the, the Manchester uh, attacks. And she addressed the attacks in songs like No Tears, Left to Cry. Uh, and then very soon after that, there was Thank You Next, um, which I think think dealt with you know with yeah. with Mac Miller it actually a sweetener is basically Ariana Grande being super in love with Pete Davidson and being over the moon and also very sad because of what happened and then thank you next is after she broke up with Pete Davidson and she saw that it was kind of a not toxic but very rushed relationship and mm. she's like oh I'm so over that so over boys so over everything but this is one of so basically both of those uh, albums particularly sweetener had had quite a sort of tragic edge to it and this album seems like a real attempt to get away from that because frankly it's a pretty sexy album you know it seems to me like a real attempt to redefine what ariana grande is about right yeah But It is almost uncomfortably randy. I mean, she's gone full on like porn shop here. This is this isn't like oh, lightly sort of innuendos and stuff. This is like let's f all night and and yeah. practically I don't know. Uh, so yes, I think it's her way of saying okay. I'm I don't know how old she is. I think she's 27, 27. or something. Yeah, um, I'm 20. I'm a 27 year old woman. I yes, I look sweet. Yes, I look super young. I, she doesn't look 27, but. I can. I want to talk about my sexual life. I want to talk about whatever, and I don't want to be in this box of being this kind of innocent and can only talk about being in love or being sad. I, I want to talk about making love to my boyfriend in ten songs all day. Uh, not only making love, um, give me your babies. <laughs> she says at one point, isn't it? Put your babies in me, or <laughs> my 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 leg. The door is always open, as as in you know. Um, As in her, the door of her house. The door yeah, of her you, house. You don't know otherwise. I know, I know. I'm getting all nervous. Uh, but I, I always wonder with this because you've got to be careful in a place like... Uh, first of all, you always... These artists always have to worry about success at home in the United States, which can be very prudish sometimes, especially when you're selling in Walmart and stuff. You're that kind of artist. And then you've also got the Asian market, which is also quite conservative. And, you know, a lot of American entertainment is now like, we've got to be careful because we want to sell uh, in the Chinese market, in the Korean market. And, you know, how in movies they'll 
they'll or 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 they'll delete or they'll 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 censor things that might um, ruin the sensibilities o- over there. But I have a theory that if something is in your in a language that isn't yours, yeah. even if you know that it's rude, it doesn't compute. Like um, like Spanish isn't my native language, and. Even if I hear something really rude in it and I know it's really rude, it doesn't sound quite rude. And I think the same with some people in English, mm-hmm. like people who don't speak English, their native language, they like try to say these English things thinking, oh, that's just words. And they come out with these things that sound shocking. You're like, yeah. okay. Well, it's that like, how, how how do people in Barcelona call the shop where you buy your groceries? But this is what we talk. I don't think she needs to worry. I mean, I might be wrong, but I don't think she needs to worry too much about like Asia and places like that. I'm, because if they don't actually, they may speak perfect English. They may know exactly what it's all about, but I don't think you're going to be as shocked. Yeah, exactly. And also because she's given it the Disney sound on some songs with the strings and the yeah. playful sort of uh, <laughs> melodies, it's very smart. It's very savvy. It's 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 like it's got makeup on. It's 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 not exactly you know it's not um, Randy West collection. It's Emmanuel in mm-hmm. Africa. But it's I, an erotic movie from the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> I think that. She knows that she had to be careful before, like uh, in Sweetener or Thank You Next, maybe not that much. But now she's like, I'm that famous. I want to show that I can do whatever I want. I'm free to do whatever I want because I'm the level of famous. I can do whatever and my fans will support me. Support me. I will have number ones and I don't care if it's too sexy for you. Just don't listen because I know I will have these other people listening to me and they will put me number one. And this is what happened. Like, a lot of songs are charting already. I'm, I'm going to throw, a, not an objection in exactly, but something that I wasn't too sure about. Like, I think it's great that, you know, she, she she talks about her sexuality and I think that she uh, absolutely should do that if she wants to. But I thought occasionally it came across a little bit clunky. Um, like, calling a song 34 plus 35 <laughs> and then, you know, explaining it at the end. And some of the lyrics from that... Baby, you might need a seatbelt when I ride it. I leave open like a door, come inside it. Got the neighbours yelling, earthquake, 4.5, when I make the bed shake. I just thought the lyrics at times were like a bit, a bit clumsy. Also, I mean, Mar, you're the, uh, you can sort of, because I'm scared to talk about this stuff because I'm too old to be talking about what a 27-year-old does in her bedroom. You know, I don't want to get any lawsuits. But, um... Isn't there a whole thing about putting pressure on girls to be to outperform themselves sexually? Isn't there? Isn't that a thing that's talked about in on Twitter or or wherever young kids talk about these things? You know, like you know, this yeah. pressure of being a sexy woman and, and yeah. yeah, I get it. But at the same time, it's like I don't want no one to tell me what to do. If I don't want the pressure of being sexy, I don't want to be sexy. If, if I wanna. If I, even if I'm 27, or if I want to be sexy, I can be sexy. So the thing we're asking for, what people are saying on Twitter, I feel like it's let me be whatever I want. If I don't don't want to be sexualized, if I want to wear oversized clothing, just like Billie Eilish, yeah. let me be. But if I want to think about how my boyfriend makes the neighbors think we're having an earthquake, just let me think about it, hmm. even if it sounds a little bit pushed um, into the lyrics I think it's the, the thing that Ariana is trying to to say here even if she's not trying to make a political statement I think, I think she's just like I want to say this I want to sing this and just let me be and I think that's the reason why the first song is called Shut Up it's like shut up 
I'm missing um, 10 songs about having sex. Which is the best response to critics, or at least the most playful song I'm going to hear this year. I mean, I'm going to play it every time anyone gives me any kind of aggro. It's like, you know, shut up. But this, <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind fun. of a weird song. It sounds like a Disney show number, particularly <laughs> at the end with all the strings coming on. Yeah. And it's like, it's like somebody, it's almost like somebody made like a parody Disney musical or Broadway <laughs> musical with people being rude in it. And yes. that's that's no bad thing, quite frankly. But it just does seem like quite quite strange. And she does it all throughout the album. And mm. I mean, I love the the song with the duet with the weekend. Um, it's her second collaboration with the Canadian star, uh, off the table. And it's very minimal. It reminds me of the weekend's uh, trilogy phase, which is my favorite, you know, of, of his, because it's got a certain darkness, but at the same time, it's got the uplifting, elegant strings. Uh, you know, my world turned turned to marble when I heard it. <laughs> and um, the one with Doja Cat, it's got that kind of uh, K Tronada kind of oomph mm. groove, which is which is very good for a pop record. Motive, yeah, I really like that. The kind of housey number, very yeah. very classic, but quite restrained as well, right? Sounds yeah. like sort of jazzy and. Really, really nice that. And because the rhythm isn't the same all throughout the song, all of a sudden it changes towards the end. So it's you know it's a, it's inventive. It keeps things fresh, very TikToky, <laughs> and uh, basically it's the album that I wish Mariah Carey would have made. It, it, it's got that kind of breezy Mariah style of vocals, the slow jams, and all throughout. Whereas some of her other albums do have pop moments that I get a bit bored with but this album all throughout it some of it even reminds me of Solange's latest records that kind of neo soul in an adult neo soul so it's 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 a good sort of maturity record or or a next sort of step mm. in her career I hope she continues to mm-hmm. explore this even more yep I was going to mention My Hair, which is a exactly. lovely song. Tell, go on, tell us more. I, I don't know if you were going to say this, but the last few seconds are crazy. Well, I don't know if it's seconds or it gets to a minute, but she, how is she, is it possible that she pictures her Ooh, voice? The whistle note, my to God. That. And she's seeing, she's not just pitching her voice and making like an ah sound it's she's singing the lyrics and hitting all the notes but just in this high 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 pitched sound do you know what we're talking about johan do you know what a whistle note is what is a whistle note it's basically the the highest possible thing you can you can sing the highest possible notes you can sing um and people like mariah carey occasionally do, uh, occasionally do it but she Ariana on 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 this song, she she basically sings the last chorus in it, which is incredible. It's just an incredible feat of like vocal dexterity. But she also doesn't make too much of it. Yeah. It's weird. It's like oh well, this is the outro. I'm gonna like, unleash <laughs> unleash the whistle note. You know. Yeah, totally. I didn't know it was humanly possible to do that. And and she said like oh yeah, I, I feel like singing like this at the end. But but she's got four octave. Isn't Mariah eight octave? I have no idea. I, I always thought Mariah had the, the, the record for, for highest octave vocal range, but obviously Ariana's stepping very closely behind. Mm. And, and as I say, this, this album is as, as, as good as the best moments of Mariah Carey's slow jams. You know, it's a good passing of the torch. Uh, speaking of her, you know, she's collaborated with The Weeknd. I would love it 
if Ariana Grande uh, or if The Weeknd put her in touch with Daniel Lopatin from 10 Tricks Point Never, who also released his uh, album last week. And that would, you know, because those kind of synths where it can get a bit high pitched with her vocals, I think it would make an incredible, interesting artistic collaboration. I'm just going to put it out there. Maybe the algorithms will make this information available to both artists if The Weeknd hasn't done it already because he wants to keep him for himself. Um, I would quite like to see her work with uh, Mood to Swing Amos at work sort of 90s house people because yeah. A that's what I'm like and B I think it would work really well yeah yeah. but so we, we talked a bit about you know uh, it's a very very sexy album has there been any any backlash to that among uh, people who get annoyed very easily I haven't seen any I haven't seen it either no, yeah. I mean, I think people are just so angry with everything else. And <laughs> th- let's not forget, today is a great day in the United States yes. and a very important day, not yes. a great day. It's just a very scary day. What's gonna? What are we gonna wake up with tomorrow? Uh, with with the, well, sorry, this well, this show is recording. It's yeah, being recorded the day of uh, yeah. the. Don't don't get rid of the magic, Johan. <laughs> ah, damn but it! I spoiled it. Just sidetracking a little bit. I've seen that on Rodeo Drive, the where they have all these expensive stores and everything. They are like closing everything and putting these wooden things oh so that there if there's barricades and people having crazy reactions to the to the election yeah. the the stores don't get destroyed totally totally destroyed so they are prepared for chaos basically wow but um going back to ariana yeah. grande i i learned a lot from this from re- from uh, researching this album mar when you shared a headline uh, for the review of this album on id magazine it said uh, ariana grande is horny on main has gone hor- <laughs> this album is ariana grande horny on main i'm like what does that mean horny on main this is some new millennial term that I don't understand so where do I go to? Urban Dictionary (laughs) and what did I find? Well, it's a slang term for posting or engaging with sexual posts on your main social media account rather than a secondary one that you'd usually use for that purpose. The phrase and there was another definition which um, was basically yeah, it's it's to describe when people are very horny Unapologetically horny They they don't even carry it on their main Instagram or they Twitter page where your boss can find it. I'm you're that horny. It's like I want to get like turned. <laughs> I want to open my bottle of Chardonnay and I want the door to be open for everyone to walk through like a New Orleans jazz parade. Uh, okay, that would be an example of using horny on main in context. Um, so, and we we talked about the Arianers last week and uh, her power of influence on the fans. Obviously, they must be very happy yeah i think everybody is really happy with the the outcome of because since she's put out so many work um out since for like this last year or these last two years you don't expect her to keep up with um good content and good music but Mm -hmm. I, i think even if it's not her best work to me, it's something different and I want to hear it and I, I enjoy it. I, I, I'm I not mad that it's not, wow, mind-blowing, the best album she's ever done, but a different album and a content that I enjoy, which is more than I mm-hmm. hate. Well, she's definitely very hardworking. Like most of the great or most uh, successful pop stars in the world are very hard workers since very young ages. Uh, Ariana Grande has been listed in the Forbes, the famous Forbes list as one of the highest paid women in music multiple times. 
And um, what I like about the fact, you know, at the age of eight, she performed at a karaoke lounge on a cruise ship and with various orchestras such as South Florida's Philharmonic, Florida Sunshine Pops and Symphonic Orchestras, which is a hell of a school because, you you know, you cover all the standards, all the classics. You, you sing jazz, you sing soul, you sing uh, musical numbers. And she's also sang various times at that the legendary New York City jazz club Birdland. Um, so she's she's got a lot of credentials. She she had a lot of credentials by the time she she got her lucky break in Nickelodeon. So we this on this episode we're discussing is pop a safe place for such young stars to develop and work in and because behind the curtains sometimes uh, if they're not uh, in in good company. It can, it can be a, a very dangerous place, the pop world, can't it? We've seen so many examples. We're going to be talking about them for the rest of the show. Um, Ariana Grande seems to be in control. One thing that might explain this is that both her parents are successful entrepreneurs. Her mother has a very successful kind of a tech company or something in New York, a tech provider. And her father's got a, some other kind of company, even though they're divorced. They're both, um, you know, American, hardworking, um, following the American dream, no? self-made or whatever. Um, obviously, Italian descent. Italians do it better. They work very hard. <laughs> this, is, this is me with my tropes and my, my cliches. But it's true. I never met a, non, a, a non-hardworking Italian. <laughs> You went in deep, right? You went in deep yeah. with, with uh, Ariana's album and you, you started off with Shut Up, right? The, the yeah. first song that opens it. Tell because us. I was thinking, is pop a safe space? To me, the answer is clearly no. <laughs> so I was thinking, who is more pop than Ariana Grande? Nobody. Ariana Grande is pop. So um, in I feel like she was in this album um, tackling the, the issue that we're going to talk just for beginning with Shut Up, which I feel to me she's basing basically saying shut up to media outlets and all these people on the internet who are obsessed with her life and without letting her move on on traumatic things that have happened to her not only the Manchester attack but uh, the passing of a loved one and, and an intense relationship just like she had with Mac Miller or the ending of a of a very public engagement it there are these are things that if it were to happen to a normal ordinary person it would be very hard to move on from that and it would take lots of time but it all happened to just one person and a very public person and it feels like we don't let her move on and this is one of the things that is toxic about pop space and pop being a difficult place to be healthy mentally because we are constantly if we talk about Ariana we think about it or if she's being interviewed it's very hardly it's very difficult not to ask her about this question to bring it up or or if people start and I, I think that um, that is something that makes pop not safe once again and I think in what she's uh, what she says in in shut up is basically she doesn't want people to pity her she doesn't want people talking about her all the time she's like I think she says I learned from these demons like don't worry I I know how to be on my own I, I know how to handle things just let me be um don't pity me don't just shut up don't talk about me and that let's move on let's 
Yes. But that's a bit of a utopian thought because it, it, in the history of pop, that yeah. is impossible. People, you're exactly. always open to scrutiny. And uh, sadly, it seems that female pop artists get it harder than male pop artists, even though we've totally. seen many male pop stars crash and burn and <laughs> Robbie Williams get, mm, get depressed and etc. etc. But the, we've got cases like, for instance, Adele. Exactly. Like uh, Adele is, the, on the other hand, we're maybe not that obsessed with her life. Well, mm, yeah, we are because she is on the pop space, but we can be just as toxic as with someone's personal life but with someone else's body which is also a very crazy uh, very toxic thing to do with i feel like in 2020 we know that you cannot go to a random person and talk about and comment on their weight even if it's skinny or or yes. bigger it doesn't matter because you don't know what happened maybe you want to compliment them and and it's something that you don't know that they feel bad about it and you are not making anything right and when adele post posted that picture on her birthday I think it, it's almost like a year ago not a year ago mm. but lots of months ago and people are still talking about it like yes she did the SNL thing and on, the only thing people could talk about is oh Adele um, looking super skinny what did Adele do blah 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 um And it's like this woman has been uh, uh, like gone for years and she has sung again on SNL. She has done an amazing performance and still on, the only thing people can talk about is her body. And I think pop is not a safe space because of all these toxic things we do, but it it's it shows how we have still all these issues in society like fat phobia or this obsession um, with women and how they look and how they act and what they should do and, and in pop space it's like magnified and we can see mm. it even more and it, it shows it's like even if we try to hide it like oh no we're, we're better than that it shows when it comes to celebrities I wonder right do, you, do we think pop is worse than other parts of the entertainment industry? Like, do you think it's less healthy than film, for example? Mm, I would say maybe not than film, but maybe other genres are not, because pop is, is I feel like, just like film, no? Pop and celebrities are the pop artists, musicians, whatever, are like celebrities. And maybe rock stars or other stuff like this is, is not as much on the on the public view it is but it's not as scrutinized I don't yeah. know why well because the audiences are bigger as well so yeah. when you have a, yeah, exactly. such a giant criteria exactly. where everything gets mixed and everything you're going to get it from left side right or center whereas if you're a heavy metal musician or a techno musician and stuff your audiences are smaller there's more nuance I don't know I, think, I get that feeling I think the problem maybe is or one of the one of the problems one of the many problems is that people expect pop stars to be singing about themselves. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you know, like, I don't know if Nicole Kidman does a film, she's acting someone else. She's, she's not yeah. being her. Whereas, like, if you hear an Ariana Grande song, you expect it's going to be about Ariana Grande. And it's like, well, I now want to know more. You know, you've told me this little bit about your life, but I want I want to know more. And I think almost that's why, you know, why why pop is so is so mm -hmm. difficult you know why is particularly difficult space and dangerous because you, you know you hear so many stalkers who become so crazily obsessed and obviously there was that wonderful movie the bodyguard with whitney houston which addressed mm -hmm. it and so many more and this is the kind of crap that you know the price to pay shall we say for this incredible success and uh, with, with adele you, i get the feeling that a lot of her 
success a lot of the reasons she was so relatable or she had such a strong fan base was because she didn't look like this perfect exactly. uh, version of an avatar of what like a, a, mag a fashion magazine editor expects women to look yeah, like you know it was like a real woman with her different you know with a different look and all of a sudden now she's trying to be just like a hollywood glamorous uh, red carpet looking woman well, no? is she is she? Well, she looks she like is. it. She, she looks fantastic. She looks great, by the way. She hasn't <laughs> talked about it. She she didn't talk. She didn't mention it. So that's what made her relatable. She wasn't not. It's not bad, but she wasn't like Lizzo that she's openly body positive and talking about her, about her body and stuff. Adele didn't ever mention it. It was not bad. No, it was not good. It was not something that interested her. And she has still to comment on her weight. It's not something. Why are we so obsessed with it? If she doesn't feel like talking about it, like uh, that's what we should respect. If she came out and said, oh, this was a, a very hard progress and I did that and that and that, maybe we could talk about it, but she hasn't mentioned it. We don't know if it's because of a, a bad thing that she weighed, I lost all, all this weight. Maybe she was so stressed because of the divorce, because of blah, 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 things we don't know. But Or maybe she just worked her ass off. But it's something that we should not be so obsessed about it. Like it it makes sense that we i i was surprised i wanted to talk about it but we should know better and it's difficult no, to do that in the, in pop space I, uh, there's also a cynic in me that says every time you know a, a scandal sells right it sells magazines it sells headlines and uh, as long as they're talking about you in the press the more you're career will continue to be um, hot or whatever right uh, rappers use beefs between each other they they create beefs just to look man meek mill drake and the more they talk about us all of a sudden i'm selling more tickets i'm saying you know people remember you know because mm -hmm. you're you're competing there's a lot of music out there and there's a lot of artists uh, stuff so all of a sudden ariana grande she's doing it as you said she's doing it very well because she can she seems to control her social media presence just like she wants to she's orchestrating adele even though it might not you know she has every right to to be do whatever she wants with her boy and but all of a sudden a lot of people are talking mm -hmm. about her because of the weight loss thing right the the whole boyfriend broken heart thing yeah, yeah you're 21 year old you're 25 you're 30 album yeah fa fair enough you get your heart broken but all of a sudden people are talking about this and i don't want to put it this way but it's curious that duffy who we're going to talk about next decides to she posted this heartbreaking statement um, telling about the, uh, the the fact that she was uh, drugged uh, raped and um, and uh, held captive by an unidentified person right and she, she she posted this on her social media on Instagram and said that she would follow up with an interview uh, giving more details you know explaining what she'd been through and that she is now in a, in a better place and that she feels like coming back to make music again and she's made a beautiful song um, let's have a little pause let's listen to this song That is the latest song by Welsh artist Duffy. Uh, as I said, 
it, it, obviously she, she's felt that after all these years of being outside of the spotlight, she retreated, she's, she's come back with this horrible secret that she's been carrying with. And uh, she felt that she needed to release uh, a, a song for these uh, for these harsh times that would not only you know now that she's feeling that she's gone through that horrible process of dealing with that traumatic experience, she's now in the mood to make other feel be people feel better. But a cynic would say, oh, how opportunist, you know, that you're 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 using a horrible story to come back into the headlines and stuff. Is there a manager who's controlling this? I'd hate to think that. No, I don't think that's even possible. I mean, you just wouldn't do that. I mean, also, she hasn't even released this song. You, you have, it's not, it's not on stream service. I mean, there's no no way you, you would come back with a with a with a story like that it's just well exactly this is the evidence that we're we're finding and uh, the, the, there was a um, a writer in the guardian who who was talking about the fact that whenever pop artists um, use their social media to tell of something that's something bad that's happened to them um, a lot, there's a lot of backlash sometimes and sometimes people say stupid things like I just said you know like oh are they using are they using this story to uh, sell more records and stuff and it's like no damn it uh, first of all as Ben says the song isn't even available officially we've had to rip it and, um, <laughs> and <laughs> sorry um, and uh, but but these things are these things happen and people it's like people don't want to hear the whole harshness it's like it's okay if you sing about tragedy in a way like you cover it with some Disney violins and uh, yeah yeah we all go through problems we all have problems but it's like hang on this is viciously bad this is terrible and the same thing with Kesha who suffered a hell of an ordeal to break away from her abusive producer Dr. Luke Lily Allen claims her career w in music was fraught because of music executives who were constantly trying to um, abuse her you know the, the, these are the realities that they face and it's like they're not allowed to talk about it or if when they do the media it's it's so difficult because when Kesha came out with their statement and it must have been really difficult for her to come out with this story and blah 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 and knowing that the music industry might go against you and you might be silenced forever and and then you not only you might be silenced because of well, for the music industry because maybe people side with the producer or blah 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 but also on the internet there's people that are really mean and maybe they discredit you because because of they don't believe you or because they feel like you're making this up or it can be really harsh like and I think again. with Kesha as well it came down very much to people sort of taking uh taking sides yeah. which which was horrendous you horrendous. know it was like you either had to be uh in favor of Kesha or you had to be in favor of Dr Luke which yeah. was just like god that's a that's a horrendous place to be in you know, look, this, the, the, the journalist I cited before, his name is Ben Beaumont Thomas, and he wrote a piece for The Guardian about how social media distorts the personal narrative of female stars, right? He said, Duff, he wrote, Duffy made an extraordinary appeal as part of her statement. If you have any questions, I would love to answer them, she said. It is a plea that is touching in its openness to human decency in the wake of her ordeal, but also has the naivety naivete of someone whose last brush with fame came before Instagram even existed. There have inevitably been trolls making dark jokes in response. Uh, I, I thought that had a very, the, the piece you're talking about had a very um, good headline which was Duffy has made peace but social media won't let her. Yeah. Which is, is That's totally it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like you're not allowed to reveal this and, you know, be have come to your, your your conclusion to make peace you're not allowed we we want more you've got to tell us more you've got to you know which the rapacious demands of social media 
Well, he also went on to write that pop music is escapist and perhaps a deep-rooted form of misogyny is that our culture just doesn't like these women complicating heartbreak songs with more profound horrors, mm -hmm. which is what I was trying to say, paraphrase before, but I'm useless. Um, uh, it, well, so one, one thing is maybe the fans need to be held accountable as we say uh, obviously what I was saying pop is so broad that sometimes it's not fans who are listening it's just people who are on their car and say oh yeah I like that Duffy song or I like that Adele song or oh, I'll buy the album and, and then they sort of they have uh, they only get their information from tacky media um, yellow rags uh, from sensationalist mm. media They're, and the The, the good and bad thing about direct social media is you can get the direct message from Ariana Grande, from Adele, from, you know, telling this is what it is. Don't look any further. Just just let's let's you and have this bond. You and I have this bond. And um, maybe fans have to um, demand more traceability from the recording recording industry or all the people who are supposed to protect Yeah. these artists yeah i feel like fans have more power than we know because um for example i we can think of lots of artists who went like not missing like daffy but that disappeared and that it it is probably because of a misunderstanding with the contract or mm, with multiple reasons and i think if fans pressured and knew the the power they have um they uh, we could make things easier which I don't think is um, the fans to do so I think the music industry should be better and and lots of things should be better but I think that's a, a good way to, to start and, and make things smoother maybe. And there's a very interesting case with Ariana Grande in fact um, that uh, when uh, she, she had broken up with Pete Davidson and um, he had faced real abuse from her fans she actually had to step in to mm. say to her fans look stop it I feel I need to remind my fans to please be gentler with others she said on Instagram I really don't endorse anything but forgiveness and positivity which is crazy when you've got to actually ask your fans to do that. And I can, you can imagine a lot of fans weren't happy. I, th I think the problem is like some fans have a real sense of entitlement. You yes. know, it's like, well, we support you. We give you our time and our money. That means we can do whatever we want. And I think that's really fueled by social media, you know, because fans can make a difference in that way. You know, you can get, a, uh, get people to listen to a song. You can get like a trending topic to number one or whatever. Um, and when we've seen far too many times in this world we're, we're seeing in the United States like what how distorting power can be and um, it's a very I mean these super fans are in a very interesting position I think mm -hmm. Hmm. I think the best example is the Britney case Britney so let's listen to a little bit of a Britney Spears song Just Just love me. Uh, Britney Spears has the best fans in the world because yes. they have started the Free Britney campaign. Mark, can you refresh our memory? Okay. Um, I think I have the, the things checked out, so I correct me if I'm wrong, but Britney has been under a conservationship since 2008 um, and her father is, under, is the one in charge. So basically this means she has no rights. She's given excess medication, antipsychotics, which made make her appear mentally unstable like we see her on on this video she posts uh, on instagram where she doesn't look like she has this lost uh, 
look at in her eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, she cannot do anything on, on her own, like drive, get married, have children, make music, um, do live interviews, of course, or have control of her own career and life. Basically, without the father's permission, she cannot sign documents or do anything on her own. And even her phone and social media and her relationships are heavily monitored by, by her father. Um, or where uh, until last year that he got ill and and they had to change um, the conservation ship to Jodie Montgomery who I, I don't know where she comes from but she got the on charge and and now the the father wants to step back in and and be in charge again and uh, and Brittany is strongly opposed to it because she she says the father is not suited um, she is quote a new uniquely unsuitable for the role um and and there's this whole thing going on and fans stepped in because um they they saw what was going on and the movement um of free britney, free britney which her mother supports her mother supports uh, it's very important and her lawyer that you might think oh no her lawyer wants her to to be back on the conservation ship with her father no her lawyer is like thank god free britney is going on it's not a conspiracy theory thank god for for this um people talking about it because the father went on and have an interview and said oh no um this is a public matter to the family please be respectful blah 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 and the lawyer came out and said no this shouldn't be a secret thing within the family i think this should be um able for uh, for everybody to get on and understand what's happening because it's really important and it's mainly the reason why britney doesn't want to put out new music and she feels like she's She's not doing anything until she's in charge a well, little bit again. This is the thing. She's reportedly sitting on a $59 million fortune, right? It may sound like a lot of money, but it isn't if you've acquired many assets like real estate, expensive habits, and you don't have any intention of ever working in, like her manager has suggested. You know, she's cancelled her Las Vegas residency, which was an incredible source of revenue. And if you add to that her penchant for choosing very bad lovers, like Kevin Federline, well, that fortune could dwindle within months, I tell you. It's a recurring thing with Rich mentally fragile and insecure women like a Connie Corleone in the Godfather saga or Sharon Stone in Casino where they starve for affection and they end up falling in the traps of very cunning men who want to live the life bleed them dry and disappear when the shit hits the fans literally Um, uh, I think the best scenario for Britney would be to fall in love with a rich woman like a Gwyneth Paltrow type of woman you know one who won't who won't love her for her wealth and and will also be strict with her health because britney let's be truthful she likes the waffle she likes the smoothie she likes all those sugary drinks that you get in america so give her a year with the goop girls and the world would be treated to a new and fixed grain eating yoga practicing britney because mental health starts with the digestive system do you know i was going to say i think the thing about britney spears that i find most interesting is maybe she was the first sort of megastar in the internet age if you think about it because like her um mm. her first hit came out in 1997 yeah and i think like one of the first um viral videos that i saw was was the the, the fan who did um what was the one who he was crying about britney that it seems like all of all <gasps> yes. of her um let Iconic. britney what, what is it I, I, it was a, a super fan crying about People hating Britney, and I saw that how he is now, and he's still a Britney fan. Well, isn't it that? Who is it? It's Britney, bitch. Oh no, that was way. I think that was recently, wasn't it? 
When everyone started yelling, yeah, who is it at her shows? And then she'd go, it's, it's Britney, Britney, bitch. It's let Britney alone. Leave Britney alone. Leave Britney that's alone. it. That's it. Yeah. So I think it's fun. Like her, her pop career has been so um, accelerated um, by the fact that she, we've been able to see all of this stuff going on about her. And also then, at some point, we were able to react about it, mm. which seems like um, I don't remember seeing like a pop star like that before. I think, you know, even even sort of three years before pop stars like that you wouldn't have that that kind of access to the life you wouldn't have so much information still information was still quite tightly controlled and britney spears has just lived in this in this time where she's gone from you know when she came out in 1997 all right people were using the internet but like you know you, if you wanted information about britney you'd probably get it from like a newspaper or whatever yeah. and over the next 20 23 years the amount of information about her has gone absolutely crazy and i think she's almost had to she's almost suffered for that you know there's almost too much pressure because also now if you're a star the systems are in place to sort of protect you a little bit from from the ravages of the internet but back then there weren't at all because we were like well the internet is a new brilliant thing Hmm. you know um what 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 could go bad so that's my that's my britney thing i get the feeling that it's like they're keeping her alive to keep making money. You know, they've got her like yeah. a sacred cow t- t- tubed up, yeah. you know, and they're milking her dry. I think she would have been happy retiring from music long yeah. ago. You know what's really tragic? She released an album this year, which is probably one of her the best in, in years. And I didn't even know about it because all I hear about is all these legal kerfuffles and stuff. And I'm a professional who gets paid to listen to music. You know, it's got Cashmere Cat producing a track, just the one that we just heard, Just Love Me. And it's like, how? what kind of AIDS do we live in that Britney Spears has been dropping albums consistently in this last decade, but they're not... But, um I was so surprised when I saw that she dropped. You said that she dropped an album, and I was like, "How? How did I not know about this?" Like just like you said, and I went on Spotify, and it's actually that 2016 album, just with a different cover. And that's what you said. They are milking her because she's protesting. Like I'm not putting out music. I don't have control of my life. I'm I'm not doing that anymore until I have something that I want. Like for example, having the this woman as my conservationship. Um, and and to milk her, even if she doesn't want to sing, they just made her stand uh, on on a photograph in a different outfit and change the cover and be like, oh, this is a deluxe rebrand of the album. And this, if I may say so, the new cover that they've got, a sort of semi-naked Britney, basically in a chain, it yeah. looks like. Yeah, it's, like, it's not Given the everything that's going on, it's like, <laughs> oh, what's God. happening? Hell. Anyway, there's, there's, as I said, we need to do something to take care of our pop stars. It's clear we need to push for a future where there are more women working within the industry, occupying places of power and making decisions and protecting their artists. There aren't that many record labels out there as prestigious as, say, Sub Pop, Matador, City Slang, Rough Trade, etc., run by women. But we have one example on our doorstep that has been doing a phenomenal job promoting new talent since they began. Hidden Track is an umbrella label that helps smaller labels and independent artists with distribution, legal aspects like copywriting, promotion, and all the bureaucratic aspects of running a business. It is run by Louise Samson, who is also lead singer in the band Animic. 
You said anemic, didn't you? It's anemic, no? Yeah, but I think I might have to 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 bow. It's got an, uh, an accent on the eye, exactly. so excuse uh, me. Yeah, you get confusing my little distracting <laughs> mind. Um, the band Anemic, and it is also run by Ana Lopez, who worked as a sound engineer at sound tech company Microfuso. We decided to ask Louise uh, what did she feel was missing in the music industry that Hidden Track could fill. So I started up um, Hidden Track Records for a number of reasons, but I reckon two are the most important. First of all, I was tired of working in places where I didn't have the ultimate word. I wanted to truly be able to help artists grow and be able to to be able to do that. The most important thing is for you to actually like believe 100% in the artist. So um, when you're working with others or under others, and especially man-run labels, they don't really listen to what you think, artistically speaking. You're just, like, there to do the job. And they respect you in that way, but they don't really listen to um, your ideas or or your suggestions, artistically speaking. And I'm not the kind of person that can just do my job. I need to, like, feel that passion. Um, and second, I've known since I could, like, literally think by myself that I was going to be my own boss one day. I've never liked taking orders and um, and I never have done unless they've made me grow personally or artistically or through my work. That was Louise. In fact, she was answering what made her want to start up Hidden Track Records. And uh, the, sec- the second one, then we asked her, what did she feel was missing in the music industry uh, that the label could film? I don't think I've added anything new to the music industry with Hidden Track, but I do believe I'm helping towards artists knowing that they can get better deals and work with passionate teams again and truly enjoy not just being artists on the stage, but enjoying the whole process of creating oneself. Because that's something I really enjoy, like bringing the best out of an artist and watching them slowly realise that they can be whoever they truly are. Um, I think that's an actual art that has slowly disappeared. Labels just want to receive the material, the ideas and have the work done for them so they can just like release it and make the money. And they work less in the artistic and creative ways than they used to when that's sometimes what the artist actually most needs. Um, I don't think artists needs need labels um, if there isn't a good team behind them anyone can release music nowadays so if you're actually going to a label it's because you need a team to guide you and to work with and it's it's just not about the money anymore it's about making the artist unique and heard next up we asked um from your experience working within the industry why do you think there are so few labels run by female owners in spain there's um very few labels run by female owners i, I really don't know any to tell you the truth i know maybe like one or two But um, it's something I really don't understand. And yet there's so many labels here in Spain that need the many women on the teams. But they obviously always work in like PR or or booking or production. They're never really in like the whole process of the actual um, creation of the album. I'm surrounded by strong women, but, you know, when I say just like do it, they kind of hold back. I don't know if they're worrying about the wages or whatever. I think maybe there's still a lot of insecurity And to tell you the truth, I really think women are still afraid to fail. They have been building like their strengths for so long and I I think failing still isn't a choice. Um, But I think it's time they realise that without failing, I don't think we're going to move forward. So um, 
hopefully they will start deciding to fail. <laughs> and finally, we asked what perils can a vulnerable artist face when working as a recording artist and as a promoter and manager, what can be done to ensure an artist can tour and work safely? I think vulnerable artists can easily fall into doing what they're told as to not cause havoc, like in many ways, artistically, creatively. Um, it's just so easy to try and just go with the flow because you believe others may have like more experience than you. So I think it's really important for artists to know their weaknesses and always go to places with friends, managers, whoever they trust, someone that can help them express themselves or just see things from a different perspective, but someone they trust. Um, maybe that would also help towards them feeling stronger until they do really feel ready to go alone. Um, for me, it's really important to have every detail of information so I can prepare my artists for what they're doing or where they are going. Um, it's really my job to foresee what can go wrong so I can advise them beforehand or be the one when they doubt or need me to be on that line. Uh, and we always try and take the same team everywhere, like from sound text to lighting, whatever, so that that way the artist feels that she, he or they are surrounded by people they can trust and feel safe with. It's more about making the team the family and that way the artist can feel they are always in a safe place wherever they go we are the generation of the young flesh we are the generation of the young flesh we like to have sex on friday night and forget about monday that was Cla uh, Carlota Flaner, uh, a new release by Hidden Track Records, um, overseen by Ferran Palau, who is also uh, an artist we hold very dearly in this house. Um, well, that's all we have time for this week. Uh, I think we've all learned a few things, especially about Ariana Grande. <laughs> <laughs> um, pop can be a safe space if we all look out after each other i think that's the yeah. main thing you know let's not let's not depend always on the people who are at the top because they're only covering their own interests kind of like what's happening with every mm -hmm. country in the world right now countries are like record labels <laughs> i like it <laughs> yeah my god if countries are like record labels what is america at the moment well look i wrote it and look not to compare you you could you could compare the pop music market to the meat market you know meat market the the, the food industry has very strict uh, regulations right like health and safety they go through tremendous scrutiny to make sure that the food isn't contaminated that etc obviously the the in the meat industry the poor animals are are very badly treated which is something that we should pressure on as well well the same thing with pop music we need to have more traceability and make sure there's some health inspectors shall we say mm. yeah i'd definitely pay an extra something in my what i don't know where do we pay for music streaming <laughs> services <laughs> this is useless <laughs> and artists go independent go diy we will support you on your band camps including ariana grande can you imagine ariana grande on band camp she, i can imagine she, she, yeah she yeah. can do whatever why have a label? I mean, she sells... She doesn't need one. I think she can do her own. I think once you get so big, you do your own label and you just go... Or sign to labels like Hidden Track, you know, where there's exactly. a lot of heart and, and, and really good people working behind them. And work with uh, Carla Flaner. Well, that'd be nice. Carlota Flaner. Carlota yeah. Flaner. Carlota Flaner. Well, uh, this has been the weekly review this week. 
thank you all for listening. Thank you for joining us here in our studios in Barcelona. Goodbye. We are the generation of the young flesh. We are the generation of the young flesh. We like to have sex on Friday night and forget it by Monday. <laughs>